are excited to present our next guest on Under Palm Trees. Today, we are talking to Sydney Novotny, who is known as the radical mentor. Sydney has been in our wish list, wish list for ages, and we are so happy she has agreed to speak to us. When it comes to training and coaching, whether in hospitality, travel, or luxury, there is no one better. She really is the person everyone has turned to also during lockdown to keep the team motivated and her legendary Monday mentor moments can be found anywhere from Instagram to LinkedIn. So without further delay, here is the interview. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm great. How are both of you ladies? You look great today. Oh, thank you. We are good. Thank you. Well, we wanted to know from you, you are known as the radical mentor and people all over the world, they love you. So tell us, how did you get started? Well, the term actually uh, was given to me by a CEO of a company uh, many, many years ago. And he introduced me and said, you know, she's been working with our firm for a very long time. And she doesn't, you know, take anything from anybody. So just so you know, she's been my mentor for a long time. But more importantly, she's been my radical mentor. And I was sitting in the audience thinking, radical mentor? Like, what does that mean? And so it stuck. And there were people from my team there. And then afterwards, we talked. And he said, no, you're, you absolutely push every boundary. And he said, you know, and I'm not a consultant. I mean, we're organizational development. We have consultants on our team. I do a lot of coaching and mentoring and that sort of thing, but I don't consider myself a consultant. You know, I don't, I don't go on a big retainer and just kind of try to make busy work. It really, that drives me crazy with consultants. So he said, you know, one of the things that I, he thought I did well was I can assess a situation like kind of like that. Now, I don't make snap decisions. I, I'm not radical in that area, but I really actually, I'm not there to win a popularity contest. So I, I sit back and then I challenge. So at an executive committee meeting, which is where this came up, he was getting a lot of lip service from his most senior people. You know, there's 10 people sitting around a, a board table and I'm there just as a mentor and, you know, coach, you know, because we've been doing their leadership training, sales training, and I'm listening to the BS. And I, I'm thinking, are you, are you kidding me? Like, you're actually going to sit there and say this. So I then started calling them out, but I did it in a very professional way. I, you know, like, Bob, let me ask you, why are you saying that when just yesterday you said that? And that's when it started. And that's when he said, she's not afraid to, you know, to push the envelope. I mean, the word radical can be like, especially in today's world, can be kind of like, wow, do you really want to be called that? But it's, it's my, it's the way I work. It's the way that I, and I do it in my own company. And I just, I have, and people can do it to me. So my team can challenge me. They can say, no, we totally disagree with you. And I'm good with that. I mean, I think any good leader is really, when they say, oh, I'm, you can come to me anytime. Well, that's, that's also ridiculous because then you try, I, I say I am here all the time. So my team knows how to be radical as well, but that's how it started. Amazing. Yeah. That's, that's really 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 amazing we know you've done yeah when we know you've done a lot of work around the world but we want to know about your experience in the middle east we certainly know you have fans in the uae and saudi arabia so tell us how was coaching and mentoring there compared to the us so you know my very very first trip um to the middle east 
and and well there's and there's you know there's what i call you know light middle east and then there's the real middle east you know like you know where you go in and you know you land and you're in the real middle east so um dubai you know easy you know it's like but i was in dubai before everything was huge, right? So it was Holiday Inn was the first client I worked with uh, in Dubai and also uh, in Saudi. I remember my dad went with me to Saudi because at that time, you know, you couldn't travel uh, without a husband or a father. My father went and, you know, uh, it wasn't big like it is now, okay? And it wasn't, I mean, you know, the, the, the clothes and, you know, the abaya, I thought that was like, so like, wow. I mean, I kind of like like that. I mean, not every day. Me too. I, me I, too. I mean, I bought one with the Swarovski crystals. You know, I mean, it was like a theme party to me. But my there's a couple things. One is my grandmother, my dad's mom, was Syrian and 100% Syrian, and so she was, uh, you know, first generation born in the U.S. Uh, well, I guess that'd be second generation then. But her her parents both, you know, from Syria. And the old country, as they called it, all my aunts and everybody, we'd sit around and eat all the Syrian food. You know, we grew up in the Midwest. So you can picture us eating kubi and yebra and all these things. And people looking at us like, you know, everybody else is having pot roast and mashed potatoes. And, you know, we're taking the lamb and eating it and dipping it and the daimi and, you know, the hummus. This is before hummus and tabbouleh was mainstream in the U.S. And my friends would be like this and raw lamb kibbe, like they were like, ah, no, you know, they didn't even they didn't even eat. A, a leg of lamb roasted back then in the Midwest because it wasn't that common. So I grew up with a with a big heritage in that, even though my dad's dad was 100% English. So my dad was only like 50% really. And then of course I come down and I'm like, you know, my mom's English, so I'm only like a quarter. And they all spoke Arabic, which, you know, makes me crazy to this day that I never learned that because they were, they wanted us all to speak, you know, my dad and everybody, speak English and all of that. But because of that, my dad had a good time in the first trip going over to, he never made it. We had four trips booked to Syria. Um, always something, you know, disastrous came up that we had to cancel. Uh, Lebanon, of course, I was able to finally get there, which to me is kind of like the cousin to Syria, even though the Syrian and Lebanese are like, well, no, I'm Syrian, I'm Lebanese. I mean, you know, we're the rich part, we're the old part. I mean, they're just hilarious. I love it. But I will tell you, when I first went, so I want you to picture a sheikh that owns the hotel the very first time, and it's a Holiday Inn Crown Plaza in, um, I don't even remember exactly where it was, but he's his people and he would come in and out, very hands-on, you know, all expats, you know, running the, the, the GM, the director of sales and marketing. And, you know, most people in my session were, you know, wearing a dish dash, wearing, they were all very much, they were not expats. And at first I am who I am and I'm very, you know, just kind of, and at first they were like, wow. I mean, what, what is this? Like I landed from the moon, but because I make fun of myself, I make fun of Americans. I, my dad was in the oil business, worked for Shell. There was a lot of commonality there. Uh, the minute they knew I had Syrian in me, you know, it was really fun. We did some, there was fun chatter back and forth. And because I love everything that they love, I love their culture, I love their art, I love their food, I love their dancing, I love, they just opened right up. So when they opened up, the coaching, the counseling was much better. So one of the things that first happened over the many, many years I've been working in the Middle East, and today it's 
a lot different, and I'd say it's a lot different in the last five years, is they didn't return calls for days. They, you know, you'd be in a meeting with them and there's five phones going off at the same time and nobody's paying attention and, you know, just ignoring you. And so as I continued to work with them saying, it's okay for you to have this culture, that's okay. But if you want to do business with that culture, whether it's British, whether it's Asian, whether it's American, you have to treat people they want it, the way they want to be treated. And so I did a lot of that. And I thought that was really good. I, I did some work with um, Aramco, of course, you know, the huge oil company. Mm -hmm. And that was also like eye opening because I was flown. Uh, this was right after the USS Cole had been bombed. I don't know because you're you probably remember because of history, but um, <clears throat> I was speaking at a huge oil forum. I was the only woman that was going to be speaking. And this was in Jeddah, I believe. And so I basically, you know, America, they said, travel warning, don't go, go, don't go to the Middle East right now. You know, the normal stuff. Well, I was, I'm one of these and I'm booked and I'm going like, I'm not afraid of this. So <clears throat> I went and it was funny because uh, Lefty, my husband who runs our company and some people know he's my husband and some people don't, but he made a call to the head of security with Aramco and said, you know, we're very concerned about her safety. And the gentleman said, well, there's, there's no need to be concerned. We will take hundred percent care of her and we can guarantee that. And so Lefty said to me, they've got this. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, first of all, if any of our neighbors said that we go, we don't believe you, but it's like, he said, we got this. So I flew in. I mean, I had the best trip of my life. I was picked up, you know, by military. I had a bot first time in my life. I had like a bodyguard. I loved that. Oh my gosh, that he stood up. I kept opening the door. Would you like a Coca-Cola? I mean, and he was saying, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm like, okay, just checking. I mean, he was with me. We went to breakfast in the morning. I was like, you know, he became my friend. I said, oh my God, I could really get used to this. I like it. And I was the only American that showed up. Everybody else canceled. I was the only woman. And I stood in front of this stage of all these oil guys, all in, you know, their their dish dashes all just, you know, then we're smoking shisha and doing all the hookah. I mean, just having the time of our life. And that was probably the biggest breakthrough for me because they brought me in like I was a daughter. Do you know what I mean? They, I was there with them for four days. So I have found working in the Middle East to be absolutely wonderful. I do think though, you know, women like you are doing the best job because there's so many people that don't know what they're doing. And by the way, not that they just make protocol mistakes or bad manner mistakes or etiquette, <clears throat> not just about that. It's most people are really bad. And I'm talking around the world. Americans get blamed a lot for this, but it's British. It's Indian. It's, you know, Asian. Everybody does it their own way. And they expect that you're supposed to know their way. And that's not the case. You have to treat people truly the way they want to be treated not how you like to be treated. I get the golden rule. I mean, that's, we're not changing that, but it's not about being, just being nice, of course, but it's about don't fake that you like something, learn to like it. So even food, you know, and I taught my daughter this from a little girl. I always called it a no thank you helping because that's how I was raised. Whatever is put in front of you, you at least take a bite. And over time you learn to expand your palate. And so it's all those things that, you know, coaches and, and people like you can actually give, you know, 
as advice, because I think, I think business, especially the higher they are, the less they know because some assistant PA is doing everything for them. And then when they get there, they make the biggest mistakes. That's very true. So, yeah. So That's it's been, true. I've had a great time working in the Middle East. Excellent. Excellent. So you, we also know that you are obviously a big traveler and you traveled around the world to serve clients. And how did you find traveling during the pandemic? Because we know that you have traveled. And do you think Zoom meetings will take over from pers in-person meetings? Okay. First of all, I love traveling and I, I believe travel inspires travel. And I think it's utterly ridiculous how people in the hotel industry, the travel industry, the travel agencies that are like creating so much scare tactic, okay? First and foremost, travel inspires travel. So if you love travel, you need to get out there and show. Now, if you can't fly anywhere or you can't leave, but I've had friends coming from London back here and vice versa. I mean, they have to go through, they're not kidding about the quarantine. I mean, they knock on your door. Hi, we're, we know you're here. <laughs> so you can't actually like pretend that, you know, you had to come home for an emergency, but there's no one, right? So there's, um, you know, for sure you got to follow the rules, but I've only been able to travel at this point within the US, but to Mexico, Turks and Caicos, we've been able to go there. Mexico has been open from the very beginning, quite frankly. And so we've done a lot in Cabo, things like that. There is zero hesitation on my part traveling. It's the planes are full. When people say, well, no one's traveling well, that, first of all, there's less flights, so I get that. But the planes are full. You know, the HIPAA regulations on the airflow and airplanes are better than if you were in a hospital. I mean, they're absolutely fine. It's like you can breathe. The mask thing is a really, I cannot take one minute of it. I think it's utterly ridiculous, but that's okay. I follow the rules because if you don't, you're kicked off and you can't fly for a year. And in the States now it's a federal law. So our new president put a federal law in. So it used to be just kind of the airline said you have to, and then you could have a moment. Well, now then, you know, once it's a federal law, like don't mess around. So <clears throat> I've had zero issues flying, zero. I have been around, my husband had COVID and I never left the house. I never left. I mean, I didn't even leave the bedroom. I was like, I'm not, I'm not moving to the guest room. You moved to the guest room. I like, no. And it was around Christmas time. Uh, a person on our team had it, myself and another person on our team, because four of us are coming to the office. Everybody else is working from home. We're all spread out, but we're all together. Okay. And we're not wearing a mask in the office. Neither one of us got it. I've been tested at least 21 times now. I've been tested when he got it, when he had it, after he had it, like never got it. Now I might've because I was traveling so much always. I mean, I've been in Asia during H1N1, swine flu, bird flu. I was in Brazil during Zika virus. I just keep on going. I'm like a warrior, you know what I mean? But I believe truly it's my immune system from all that travel. You know, I always had said that five second rule, people say, oh, you drop something on the floor and you pick it up. And people are like, eh, that's so gross. You might have to eat a little dirt once in a while just to keep things right on target. So I've had no issue. And as soon as, you know, the vaccines, I think coming out, you know, here, I'm not eligible yet because of age, which is a good thing. I'm not, you know, I want people, my parents are 86. They've got their first shot. They're going to get their second one. They're getting the Pfizer shot. I'm going to try to find, you know, where I can really get it because the moment I have that yellow card stamped, you know, I think that everything's going to open up a little. But again, I can't travel to England if they're not going to accept that you have that or, you know what I mean? So it's got to be as the world unfolds, you just have to be ready to go. And I will absolutely be ready to go. That's right. 
Thank you. Yeah, we love your energy. Honestly, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love your energy. You both have you got great smile. So tell us, we know that 2020 was a massive challenge for everyone. So how will you manage to stay on top of your game and made sure that your team, uh, your team and client felt inspired? So the first thing that happened, because again, we don't have a rule, we didn't have a rule book on, on, on COVID. Like this, this took every single one of us by, by surprise. Um, I started, I was in Dubai in March for the Engage, the luxury wedding summit. And uh, I knew something was happening when they said they're going to close the Dubai airport. I was flying to London and I was on Emirates and they said, you're going to have to leave a day early. And I was like, why? And they said, because, you know, COVID, they're going to start shutting things down. So I went outside, you know, big Clorox, as Dubai would, you know, big, huge Clorox truck, you know, getting things sprayed. I mean, making it pristine, just perfect. And I looked at Lefty. I said, like, this is like the real deal here. Like, wow. We landed in, you know, London. I have a 10-year visa, Chinese visa in my passport. I have two, two passports and my one I had out had a 10-year visa and he doesn't have a 10-year visa. And they took me, of course, and I went with about 300 other people to a special area. And I probably was one of the first people tested, not even knowing what I was getting tested for because they did swab. I mean, this was in March. They, they were checking, even though I hadn't been, I'd been, the last visit had been in November and this is March, but they were all over it. And so I went um, to do the, my work there in London as things just started shutting down and shutting down. I had a person in Rome that was finishing. I had a person, um, in uh, Rwanda, you know, one and only gorillas nest, I had to get all these people home and they couldn't fly back through Europe because of coming into the US, everything. So I kept everybody positive. I said, that's not a problem. I flew most of them in through Doha and then Doha here. And it's so funny because, you know, we're all global travelers, but until you know you're landing and, you know, it's not like you're gonna lie, but it's like, where have you been? Well, I've been here and then I, flew through Doha, you know, I just didn't mention that on the way I flew through Brussels, you know, I said, don't lie. I mean, it's in your passport, it's stamped, but just for heaven's sakes, like all we have to do is you're an American citizen, let's get you back. So I kept everybody happy because people were nervous on my team. How am I getting back? I said, you'll, you'll get back, you'll get back. We'll figure this out. So I started on March 16th, my first webinar. I've done over now 312 webinars. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. since March 16th. Uh, my first one was engaged and there was six, seven, 800 people on that one. Um, people argued with me. I said it was gonna be a V and I do still believe. V had nothing to do with time. V had to do with as fast as it came in. I believe it's gonna go out. As fast as it came in, boom. V had nothing to do with a week and a half down here. V could be two years. But when something like this comes in so fast, we usually go out so fast. And I believe that's what will happen. We'll see that coming around. So I sat my whole team down. We got on a call with our team and I said, there's a today team and a tomorrow team. And some of you are gonna be furloughed because we're not doing the training, but I'm gonna tell you what, everybody has a chance to participate. So Lefty and I will be the first ones that take no money. I kept 10 of my corporate team working with paying all their insurance. And I said, we will be the ones that take the hit, but we are a small privately held company. We will, the, the other trainers are gonna have to be furloughed. I mean, there's, everything is canceling. 
Mm. So, and at the beginning I was giving everything away for free. So all my webinars, everything I was doing, I was doing, I was doing free for our clients, whatever I can do. I was doing massive sessions, motivating people, cities everywhere. I mean, you know, I did some for you, you know, currency, I did anything like everything. Just what can I do to give a breath of fresh air? Not that I had the answers. Uh, a, a majority of my furlough team, I let them call in for lineup every day. A majority of them did. I said, you don't have to, you know, it's not, you don't, you're not being paid, but many of them attended a lot of the webinars I did and they did it on their own time, you know, with everything. And so I, I did all of that, you know, really trying to keep them involved. Everybody took classes, people were learning languages. I said, the one thing we can't do though, for the team that I'm paying, there's no coming to work in pajamas, no dressing from the top up. Everybody, I mean, in lineup, we'd say, let me see what you have on the bottom. I mean, hilarious, because I knew it was a state of mind. Um, we looked at new markets to go after, uh, we repositioned Carla, who you know for my team, uh, she was sales and logistics. And because logistics was slowed way down, I mean, the first two or three months we dealt with force majeure and cancellations and postponements and all that. But then she pivoted to social media, uh, working with Jessica for my team, you know, who's my daughter doing all of that. Jesse does all new business development. So she was hammering it. I literally made a list of all the industries from real estate to construction, to pharma, to technology. I said, give, this is who we go after. Um, we've got clients, you know, railroad clients that we're working with. We've got real estate clients, roofing clients. So because I never stopped working, I came into this office. I haven't been in this office as much in seriously 25 years. Mm -hmm. I came in every day. Um, my office is out. This is a conference room I'm in right now. I set up everything with the lighting and all that. I did every day. I came to work every day, every day, every day. And I did, I prospected, I made calls and they watched me. And so did Lefty. And we have seen the light now because we have starting in, I think it was May or June, we started getting pay, paying clients that said, we need you to do a sales training. We've done for some of our big luxury hotel companies, we've done four weeks of literally four hour sessions every day, four hours, you know, they take breaks, we do trivia, we wow. engage, but they're because a lot of the, the sales teams are restructuring how they work. And you know what, I'm going to tell you right now, both of you, too many people went dark and too many people have lost their way and too many leaders went dark. So I talked to my furloughed team every day on the phone, calling them, what are you doing? You know, just checking in. Um, you know, I own a restaurant, as you know, I was sending them little stuff from that. Just whatever I could do to keep people going. I couldn't buy a lot of stuff. I couldn't, there was no money to give a little bonus check. I mean, we did little Starbucks cards and some things, you know, but the key is that I think the biggest problem is people have lost skill. They've lost personal development. They, they don't know this little conversation we're having, you know, Zoom appointments will be here forever. Not Zoom meetings, absolutely not. Zoom appointments. You will probably talk to your customers now, going forward, face-to-face -face like this forever. Because prior to this, everybody was on a conference call or a phone call or WhatsApping or texting. Now it's just common to be like, get on the phone and you talk like this to a client. And it's so much easier when you're looking at them in the eyes and, you know, saying hi how's your day going what's happening yeah sure 
Very, very true. So yeah. after you did all of this stuff for your team, what did you do for you to stay positive? So I had my moments, believe me, my dad kept me positive. So my dad's 86 years old and um, my dad, I would literally call him. My dad helped me, you know, when we started the company with Lefty, he gave me, he's a, he's an educator, you know, he was director of a VP of training and development for Shell Oil Company. So he gave me a lot of inspiration. He would say to me, just, just snap out of it. Just because I'd say that, like, I don't even know, like, you know, what, like, what do I do next? Um, he suggested, you can see I have tons of books behind me. I love reading. He said, go back to the stuff that got you through 9-11. Go back to the stuff, read what you read during that time period. And I did. And that sort of thing helped keep me going. Lefty, huge foundation. I mean, you know, I haven't bought anything new, you know, and I'm a shopper, by the way, um, since the COVID budget. So I'm repurposing a lot of things. It's so funny. I mean, you know, yesterday I wore a pair of my little moccasins. I really liked them. I got them up in Canada, thought they were cute. Haven't worn them in probably 10 years. I mean, like I go on my, my husband's point was he put a sign up, shop in your closet. So I was like, oh, that's cute. And you know, it's so funny. I did find a few things with tags on it. You know, you don't really realize it, but you shove it in there and then you're like, Oh my God. And then, you know, I have a Louis Vuitton bag that kind of broke the handle. I had to go into the Louis store. And then, you know, when they give it back to you, they put it in a brand new bag. I walked out like, like walking around the shopping center, like, wow, I have a, a Louis bag, even though I've had it for 10 years. I mean, so he kept me going. He said, you know, this is when you show your grit. This is when we, he said, by the way, we can shut this down tomorrow if you want to do that. But then all these people that work for us are going to be out looking for a job in the height of chaos. So we either do this or there is no this. And that is, that's what kept me going. I just got up every day and just, you know, said, Amazing. hello. <laughs> yep. We completely agree with you. The only way is like keeping going. Honestly, there is no other way. And exactly. So, yeah, hundred percent. So what's next for Cindy and for Master Connections? Well, that's like you two. And I mean that my daughter, who is our future, you know, it's all my 30 somethings that work for me. You know, it's a, it's like even when Karina called and partnering up and doing some things together, um, everyone knows I'm very close to the chest on my business. I trust very few people uh, because I've, I've been proven that that doesn't always work when you think you trust someone and then they just turn the other way. Um, so the future is that I do have a lot of young people uh, on my team and then people like you two that I really believe in that can help us go forward with other things. We will always stay true to, you know, solutions like it's about it's not always just training, but solutions, helping people reposition their sales teams. I'll I won't I only 60 percent of our business is hospitality and 40 is corporate. So automotive has been I was in Arkansas last week at a phenomenal Chevrolet dealer and had a great time and working with them and, you know, and automotive sales in the US are up about, you know, I don't know how many hundreds percent, right? And uh, so I will continue to stay where I don't have all the eggs in one basket. Uh, our e-learning, you know, we have so much already that is done, our e-learning platforms. Uh, you know, my social media went really strong starting in March. I've always been involved in social media, but, and always done the Monday Metro moment that people actually enjoy. But now I do Monday and then Tuesday travel tip and Wednesday, you know, wisdom. And so now we have a pattern. 
And I thought maybe when this is all over, I'd stop that, but everybody's liking it. So we'll keep, cause that's a lot of work, as you know. I mean, I film, we have a studio in our office and I mean, there's times that Carla is down there and we're filming for three, four hours at a time, getting things done for the next, you know, the next month. So I think the future is that we won't shut this down and we will continue to adapt. I hate the word pivot because it's like, wow, I've, I am going to stay true to what we do, but the future lies in my ability to have um, a network of people that are all over, you know, just the, like the two of you and, and, and grow and give people the ability to have a part of this and a part of the action and a part of what we're doing. And, and we've got a great reputation. We've got a great name. And all we have to do is parlay. We just have to keep building on that. And when you build on that, it just gets that much stronger. And that's kind of the future. Well, thank you so much for being with us. We will be here talking to you for hours. We just love your energy, your positivity. And we actually, I'm like your fan number one when it comes to Monday Mentor, honestly. Like, I can't always wait. Like, what's, what's coming up? What's coming up today? Exactly. <laughs> but I love it. Before we leave you today, we have our five uh, famous fire questions. So if okay. they can. Yes. All right. What are those? Palm trees or pine trees? Pine trees. Wow. Sea or snow? Um, snow. No. Cars or planes? Oh, planes for sure. Pasta or rice? Pasta with a lot of cream sauce. And the last one, health or wealth? Definitely health. I believe that who needs the wealth if you don't have the health? Wow, that's a really good saying. No, but that, that was great. Thank you so much. Honestly, we loved this interview. This was brilliant. And for everybody watching, we will post all Cindy's social links to this video so you can follow and subscribe to her. So and I'm sorry, I had, a phone, I had a phone ring there, but you know that just proves that on President's Day in the US, people are still working. That's great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was really great.